My Mac Podcast number 255. It's a listener invite. Gazmaz. Check it out. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And welcome to the 255th weekly episode of the MyMac.com podcast. And like I said at the beginning of the show, this is Listener Invite Week, which is really cool. It's my favorite time of the sh- the the, uh, the month, David. I, I love the listener invites. It's always fun to have somebody different on to talk to. Yeah, and this week we have Gazmaz. Hey, Gary, how are you? Um, fabulous, thank you. So where are you calling in from? Um, I live in a town pretty much in the center of England called Northampton. In the county of Northamptonshire, surprisingly enough. How far away is that from you, David? Uh, it's about 150 miles. Oh, that's not too bad. So, David, uh, oh, wait a minute. Guy Searle, you're still here, too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like a drive from Virginia to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's quite a quite a big a distance there. So, so we wanted to, uh, like we said before on, on earlier shows, we like to bring in the listeners to the show, kind of have a free-for-all talk about whatever's in, interesting of the day and uh, who knows where the show's going to go. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Uh, Gaz, what was your very first Macintosh? Um, I don't think you're going to be too surprised when I say it was a Mac Mini. No, nah, you know, I, I think the Mac Mini brought a lot of people into the Apple fold. Absolutely. Do you, Absolutely. Do you still it, have it? it? Be, um, un- unfortunately, I don't. Um, I actually sold it to pave my way into... A, an iMac, a 24-inch iMac, which I also don't have for a very long reason. Um, but I'm currently running one of the new uh, Mac Minis, um, but I've also got a uh, MacBook. So you uh, jumped old, in feet uh, first, huh? Tried to, tried to. I mean, it, it, I'll tell you what sold it to me. I got this, uh, the Mac Mini, which was uh, originally it was a, um, a second-hand one, um, a G4. So it was like a G4? Okay. Yeah, it was a G4. Uh, I think it was a one... 125 gigahertz uh 1.25 gigahertz and leopard came along because this was back in august 2007 and i thought "Mm, i'm gonna see if i can run leopard on this what was then not such an old machine but it was still a couple of years old and i popped leopard onto it and it ran it and i thought (sighs) coming from the windows world that is just you know beyond belief to be perfectly honest with you and so that's what just drew me in deeper and deeper and deeper until, well, now I've just got too much equipment to be perfectly honest. You became a fanatic, right? Yeah, I have become a bit of a fan, yeah. yeah kind of like Dave, our David Cohen here. I mean, you, you kind of started small too, didn't you, David? It was, well, I, I found my, my first Mac was a Mac Mini as well. And um, I was just thinking, actually, while I was listening to you to say that, uh, Gaz, you know, it's kind of ironic, really, that... The first thing, the first thing that you kind of get into is the fact that the the old machines can run all the newest software. And what's your response <laughs> to that? You immediately sell that old machine and go and buy the newest <laughs> Mac you can buy. Yeah, well, how great is it that, that that it's running it? Now let's spend more money. <laughs> I bet it'll be even faster with a newer machine. <laughs> I think in the back of your mind you think, well, if it's if it's if I can run the new software on this old thing all but slowly, the new machines, they're going to be future-proof for a long time, and I'm going to yeah. be 
confident with this purchase. I think that has a lot to do with it. Was that your Absolutely. case, Gaz? Yes, completely, completely. I thought if I, you know, if I get something which is, um, again, it was a, a second-hand unit, but um, at the 24-inch iMac, I, you know, got the screen, so I got the, you know, the real estate. Um, I'd got a much faster processor, and I thought that's it. I'm, I'm good now for a long time. As it happens, through a complete um, fluke of circumstance, I had to get rid of it. But um, that's that's another story. Um, because uh, I purchased the item off eBay, and uh, apparently the person I bought it from had stolen it. Oh um, man! No. Yeah, yeah. So basically, that went that went bye byes. But to cut a long story short, I moved on. Um, and during the period of knowing this, all of this was going on, I actually purchased the MacBook um, just so that when it did go, because I knew it would end up going, um, I'd still have you know uh, some Something. connection. So yeah, I take absolutely. it that because I, I have to know the story now. I take it then he got busted. And he he said, "Oh, this is who I sold it to." Yeah, yeah. Basically, they they went into his records, and he. Um, well, no, actually, not quite. It didn't quite work that way because he got another girlfriend to sell this product, ah. and this girlfriend oh, obviously wow. was had a good eBay account. She was um, she was basically drawn into his world of uh, <laughs> corruption, basically, um, and she sold it on his behalf. Um, everything seemed kosher. Um, and obviously it wasn't, and it wasn't until I thought three or four months later I got a phone call out of the blue um, from the um, police down in Surrey saying that um, you know have you got this particular iMac? Yes. Um, did you buy it from this person? Yes. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, it's stolen. And at the end of the day, the person who owned it, who he'd persuaded to purchase it for him, was still paying it on finance, so they wanted it back. Yeah, I can imagine. Can we have that back, please? It's not paid for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you so, were out of the uh, money then. Yeah, yeah, I lost. I mean, the, the person he um, swindled initially was well out of cash. Sure. Um, without going into too many details. And, you know, I, I, took it, I took it basically for the length of time that I had it, because they did try and see if I could keep hold of the the item um, and I'd, I'd had it for almost a year before it had to go back so I deemed it to be okay I've had it I've had the experience it's cost me a curry a week <laughs> you just think of it as a rental there you go <laughs> yes it was a rental yeah. approach, approach to yeah it had to be unfortunately because I was losing it but you know as I say I got another Mac I uh, got the MacBook to make sure that I didn't lose out and then I it, when they updated the new Mac Minis um, and they improved the the graphics card, and it was able to you know do so much more. That's what I run now. That's my main computer. Love it. Absolutely love it. So, what are you doing mostly with your computer nowadays? Is it just uh, browsing, or do you use it professionally at all? Uh, no, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't use it professionally, um, which I'd love to do. But I do. I do. I do a little bit of podcasting, to be honest with you. Although um, that's not strictly true. I hang off the back of others. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I do, um, I suppose my biggest gig or the main gig is um, I do what we call for um, news and views from across the pond for Mike Potter's for Mac Eyes Only. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also occasionally appear on uh, a British um, podcast and I occasionally do stuff, small reviews for uh, the Mac Reviewcast as well. So you got into the Mac relatively recently and already you're just exploding onto the scene. Well, it seems that way, because funnily enough, I was actually interviewed by um, Adam Christensen before 
um, just after, or no, it was just before I got the Mac, because before I jumped into the world of Apple, um, I decided to do a, you know, a little bit of research. And one of the, the research I did was listening to lots of Mac podcasts on my Windows machine. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. And if I look at the stats on our website, uh, almost half of our visitors come from Windows machines, which is either people browsing at work, which is probably 90% of them, and yep. uh, the others are probably potential Mac users, and they're just trying to get some information. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, I just, I just dived into it, and I, I've now cu- I listen to far too many podcasts, and some of them are a little bit repetitive on the news that you're hearing. But I've, that's kind of why it, we know, got away from news personally. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, the news is good when you first listen to it, but you know, I, I wanted to create a show that wasn't so dependent on news. I don't mind talking about what could happen and stuff like that. Uh, because I think that has some kind of a historical significance if you go back and listen to it, and it doesn't get really old really quick. Um, but, you know, just recapping the news and the latest software releases and stuff like that was, you know, I did that for a while, and it's just boring to me. It wasn't entertaining when I listened to it back, and I figured if it's not entertaining to me and I'm narcissistic, I want to hear myself. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it can't be that entertaining for everybody else, so thus we kind of changed our format up some. Um- and there's, there's really, there's an awful lot of daily, you know, really responsive stuff in the podcast doing that now. Yep. So, it, yep. it's, yeah, I mean, when we when you're doing a weekly show, it, it doesn't add a lot of value um, in doing that. I mean, I, you listen to stuff like MacBreak Weekly, and, and one of the things they're always saying is, uh, you know, as soon as we finish the podcast, Apple's going to release something, or there's going to be something new, and that that's the... The uh, you know the the sword of Damocles you have when you're doing a weekly show is that you know you're you know the latest stuff is going to happen you know when you're not on the air. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only so many ways you can cut that news. So um, I've I've pretty much cut them down to the ones that I enjoy listening to when you get past the news. Yes, I agree. For, um, for more along the lines of the personalities involved. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, that means we probably lost a lot of our listeners over the years, and. <laughs> We'd, we'd just like to apologize for everything that we've ever done. Absolutely. <laughs> Said the actress to the bishop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're getting it now. There you go. Oh, the guy's getting it. I had to bring it back around. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on in your life, David Cohen? Anything new in the Mac front? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's been... Uh, your voice is been, down again. Oh, my, my, mic is, uh, my mic is on the fritz. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been quite busy... Quite busy, sort of doing some uh, catching up on some of my my writing and that sort of thing. So uh, there'll be some new stuff on the on the uh, site in the next few weeks as I as I get get all, all of that sorted out. Um, and that's been quite interesting. I've been I've been looking at a Blu-ray drive from uh, from MaxSales.com from OWC, um, and that's quite timely because it looks like uh, you know the the strong room is that Blu-ray is, is now coming to the Mac. I've seen some some stuff on the internet about that the last couple of weeks. Um, so so if, if Blu-ray support appears in Snow Leopard, then the fact that those external drives are there will mean that we'll all be able to take advantage of it to uh, to the fullest extent. So that's quite interesting. You think to the full extent? You think you'll be able to watch a Blu-ray movie on your Mac? Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably the way it's going to go. I think if 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 Apple do start putting Blu-ray drives in in the in the Macs, then they will definitely have to make that happen. Gaz, are you interested in uh, Blu-ray on the Mac at all? It's a real difficult one because I keep hearing all of this news about Blu-ray, and 
I wonder what the pickup is going to be. I, I heard somebody say um, a few days ago, it may have been a week ago, that if Apple take up Blu-ray, it'll actually bring um, the media back into the, you know, into the throes of survival. Because a lot of people are saying, you know, I've got a DVD. I watch it on my large screen. It's perfectly adequate, and I'm quite happy with it. Why do I need to spend more money on Blu-ray and the expensive discs that come with it? And I'm kind of in that band i suppose that i'm quite happy with the quality um you know on my i've only got a 27 inch flat screen which we watch in the room we don't watch lots and lots and lots of tv but we do watch quite a bit i've actually got an apple tv as well and we stream down from itunes and then you're happy Uh, with the quality absolutely absolutely um now if somebody put you know, a screen next to it and showed me how much better it was, I might be swayed. But... I wouldn't count on that. I mean, I have a Blu-ray player. It's part of the PS3. And actually, everyone says that's actually the the best Blu-ray player because it's updated all the time because of Sony's system updates to it. And you know, I've got a 46-inch big screen. And uh, most of the stuff I watch, honestly, is on the Apple TV for because of convenience. I'm willing to give up that's a little bit word. of video and audio that's quality in, in exchange for convenience. I want it at my the, fingertips. I don't want to get up go get a movie, come back into the room, put it in. It's just kind of a pain. I mean, it may, maybe that sounds lazy, and it's, it is to some extent, but by the same token, there are some movies like The Watchmen, for instance, that I can't wait to get on Blu-ray because it's going to look so much better. But for the most part, I don't need Blu-ray. The thing is, the thing is with having a Blu-ray drive on your Mac is that you soon come to realize that having 25 or 50 gig on a single disc... Um, well, that's a different is, matter entirely, though. Yes, yeah. yes. But the, but the thing is, is they even even you have to uh, with the current drive, you have to use Toast if you want to if you want to burn discs like that. You can't do it from within inside the operating system because there's just no support. It just sees it as a as DVD burner. So um, the th- uh, the thing that seems to me is if they do put the drives in the Macs, they'll have to they'll just get crucified if they uh, if they put the drives in and don't enable video support but i don't think that's actually what they want to do i think what they want to do is they want to um they want to actually enable that uh, that you know that big that big volume storage because they see the way the way it's going uh, i mean you know if you if you're doing your own videos if you've got a an hd camcorder um, and you're doing your own video editing in iMovie then it makes more sense if you've got a, a big volume drive to be able to put that stuff onto um, and and I think it's going to be kind of a, a creeping acceptance of Blu-ray um, and, you know, a choking off of DVD uh, until eventually it becomes the default choice just because that's the drive that everyone has in their computers and that's the drive that everyone has in their TVs. I don't think it's going to be the, the big bang approach that, that they... I mean, you know, when DVD first arrived, everyone kind of jumped onto it quite quickly because the quality was so much better, but... Blu-ray's not the same. I I mean, I I tend to agree with you, David, but I'm I'm thinking it through now. One of the reasons I got the the higher-rated Macs was to make sure that I got the DVD drive, which I could burn to. Mm -hmm. However, I'm trying to think through exactly how many times I actually burned to disc. Not a lot, probably. Well, I could count it on one hand. Well, and Uh, the reasons for that is twofold. When it comes to video... More people are sharing their movies online now, yeah. And they're not, you know, burning a DVD and sending it to someone. They're literally posting it online, YouTube or my Facebook or whatever. Or um, what was the or? 
<laughs> or they they wanted to to back up data with, but with the price of hard drives just yes. going through the yeah. floor, it, it's not as important anymore. Well, when you figure you can get a one terabyte drive for you know less than a hundred bucks now, right. it doesn't make any sense to buy a whole bunch of discs that. A, you have to keep track of. B, you got to figure out some way to catalog. C, it, it just takes up a lot of space. And D, it's still, I mean, it's really not that cheap when you compare it to how much space you can get on a hard drive. Yeah, that you could right. get from, like, you know, other world computing. The, yeah. But I, what a shell. Guy, guy, <laughs> it's not Guy Searle anymore. It's going to be Guy Shill. Guy Shill. <laughs> Pays the bills though, so keep it up. I, I, I think with the Blu-ray, I, I suspect Apple wants to bring it into the machines just because people are saying, "Oh, you can get Blu-ray on a, you know, on a three hundred fifty, three hundred fifty dollar, you know, Acer laptop. laptop. Yeah. How come you can't get it on a MacBook with a twelve-inch um, screen? It's like, what do you need Blu-ray on a twelve-inch screen? Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I think I, it's. I think, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think it's just a matter of keeping up with the Joneses on that one. Uh, I, I, I have to but say David, I disagree that uh, yeah, I, was, I, I think Blu-ray will will mostly be for uh, the Mac Pros as far as the, the the burns you know the the ones that can actually burn go. I don't think most most people, including people that use Windows, are really all that interested in burning their ten to thirty minute videos onto Blu-ray. I don't think Apple's going to offer Blu-ray drives in their machines. I don't think. They might if they can get them for the same price as the DVD drives that are currently in them. But it really doesn't cost Apple anything to build built-in drivers in the OS. So you can use some of the third-party DVD burners like you have, David. Yeah. You know. And, uh, you know, and that's probably the extent, I think. Yeah. Certainly and, this, and, uh, this external drive from, from uh, OWC is a very nice drive. See, I'm, I've got the shield just trying now. to get in on the act now, aren't you? <laughs> just trying to get in on the act. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, um, David, though, when has it ever worried Apple about what the Joneses have got? Never. Yeah. It's never worried them. Uh, in fact, if anything, they're the always, not always, but usually the first company that jumps on a bandwagon. They're really the first or one to offer super... Or at least bandwagons super, that make sense. Right. They were the first company to, to get rid of the floppy. They were right in the front when it came to... Uh, built-in DVD burners. I mean, they didn't wait around for it to, to see which way the wind's blowing. They blew it. They're, they're, but, but, does <laughs> that, they blew it. but does that show a slight change in Apple's perspective of the way the market's going because, and the way their market share is incre- increasing and they're thinking that perhaps they have to start thinking that way? Or they're just simply making it convenient for those who want Blu-ray. If you want to buy an external DVD or a Blu-ray burner, that's fine. Mostly. You know, we'll we'll just yeah. throw the 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 drivers right on the machine, and and like I said, it, it's probably one Apple who wrote those drivers in a half a day, and if they have to update it occasionally, it's a half a day's work for one technician, and that's it. You know, yeah. and then all of a sudden, because of that little bit of of work, they support Blu-ray. Yeah, you still there, David? I'm still here. Yeah. Yep. Mike's going a little bonkers again on you. It, it's it's just that there's someone else from the UK that has a deeper, richer voice than you. That's and, obviously, and your, yeah. Yeah, and your mic is getting jealous. It's got Mike Envy. <laughs> Mike Envy, I like it. So, uh, other than the, the little bit of podcasting that you're doing, and I don't want to say it's a little bit because I'm I'm looking at your gasmas.com page and you're doing quite a bit. Um, well, funnily enough, actually, I'm glad you brought that back up because I was listening to. Um, 
um, to you the other week, and you were speak. I can't remember who you were speaking to. It was another um, listener um, chat that you were having, and or it might have been earlier. Actually, thinking about it, and one of the uh, people that you had on, who was a regular, said that he became a regular because he won a prize. Yes. Um, off your show. Well, that's exactly how I started because I won a prize off the uh, For Mac Eyes Only uh, podcast when it was his 100th or 50th. I can't remember which. And I won a prize and I had to contact him because there was an issue with the, um, with the license. And we, he gave me his chat, um, uh, name and we started talking and it just grew from there and it all exploded from me doing exactly i can't remember who it was but uh the same on your show of somebody winning a prize and coming on and then just basically being hooked that's how it is it's it's funny it's you know i i did the podcast or the uh, contest and i kind of want to get back into that um and i'm actually going to do that via twitter here real soon i don't want to give away too many details but it's through one of our sponsors not max sales um and we're going to start doing contests through uh my twitter feed uh which is my mac for those who are wondering and, you know, obviously we're going to do it to, to generate buzz for his website, the business website, and my Twitter account and the podcast and all that stuff. It kind of all ties together. That's one reason, but honestly, I love giving stuff away. And <laughs> it's funny that we we literally, we pick people up because we gave them something for free. It, it's, you know, you would think that that wouldn't work anymore, but it really does. If I was listening to a radio show and I won something... I would be, oh, I love that radio show. That's, you know, I would tell everybody. It's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. It, it worked out really, really well for the, the 100th podcast way back when. You know, we, uh, we actually had one of, one of the first um, uh, listener invites was to. Uh, Rick Stringer. No, well, no, not, not Rick Stringer. Uh, I was going to say, he was already a listener. Uh, actually, no, you know, Rick Stringer uh, from Variant Frequencies podcast, I should say. Um, the, I really met him, guy, because he won a contest on the podcast, and when he replied with his you know mailing address and all that, where we had to ship it to, it was in Traverse City, Michigan, and I'm in Battle Creek, Michigan, which is about uh, four and a half hours away, but still, um, and that's how our conversation got struck up, and it was because of the contest. But um, you're talking about Dan Rodriguez. Yes, yes, yep. with the fantastic microphone. Dexter, oh, yeah, yeah, that microphone was great. But i got to say, um, Gary's microphone here. Gary, you sound great. What mic are you using? Uh, it, I'm actually really pleased with it, but it was a second... It wasn't a second hand. It was an old uh, Plantronic 750. I think the version model was 750. The headset? Uh, yeah, the headset. Yeah, it's a USB headset. Sounds and good. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I, I, but I've got a feeling that you, I, I've also got um, a Rode Podcaster, which is what I actually use when I'm doing the podcasting. I prefer to use the um, headset when I'm in a general chat because, obviously, your head doesn't stay still. <laughs> you, you know, you're generally moving around, so I like to keep the mic in the same position. Uh, but this this seems to just suit my voice um, because I've heard that comment many a time that um, it, it sounds really good, but I, I'm not sure that you can still get hold of them. Yeah, that's the hard part. Sometimes technology is really good, and companies release something, it, it doesn't sell well, it's gone, and then it's only in the future that people go, wow, this is really good, and they go try to find it, it's gone, you can't get it no more. Kind of like my PS3, my PS3 will actually play PS2 games on it, the new ones won't. Right. You know, same kind of thing, you, you don't realize what's out there until after it's gone. 
Yeah, there was a bit of uproar when they changed that, wasn't there? But um, uh, I still think it was a it. stupid move. Um, but you know, they're trying to, to knock the price down. In fact, I think it just went down to two ninety nine, which was a big deal. And they're making it slipper now. And now we're the the game podcast again. Um, <laughs> but it's technology in general. I mean, you know, everything's getting smaller, faster, cheaper, and I think well, that's always a good trend. Well, everything's becoming one device, isn't it? It, it sure seems like that. It, it yeah. And so it only you, uses USB. That's right. So do you use an iPhone? No. Um, basically, we've, uh, I've got an iPod Touch. Okay. Um, he's, waiting, he's waiting to get one used. <laughs> well, <laughs> at a really good deal from some lady on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, th- <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I recently did, was on holiday, and I did a section for Mike so he could run it while I was away, which basically said that I'm in a quandary as to what to do, whether to go down the, the route of getting uh, an iPhone. But I'd, I'm not happy with having to pay for the contract because, you know, I just don't use it enough to, to warrant that. But I've been looking at the, the MiFi that every, everyone's been going on about. Yeah, um, that's because, kind of neat too. Um, there are plenty of uh, cheaper, uh, much cheaper deals that you can get with data packages on Sims. So you know, combine that little MiFi with my iPod Touch, or or possibly a new updated iPod Touch if they come out with lots yeah, of yeah. You're looking extras at September ninth, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, then you know, if I mean, if it's got a camera on it, it it pushes me even more towards it. If it's got GPS on it as well, then it, I'm sold. I'm afraid. You know, the thing about the, the, the difference between the iPod Touch and the iPhone, once you're used to an iPhone and it's always on Internet, even if it's slow because I don't get 3G coverage where I live, um, yeah. even, if, even if it's slow, I'll find that, you know, there's dead spots around. It's AT&T here in the United States, and I'm not pleased with, with their coverage at all, and it drops out quite a bit. Not not quite a bit, but enough where it's annoying occasionally. Um once you get used to having that instant access to the internet, it really changes things for you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, my, where my wife works, she can't use the work computer to check her home email. Uh, she can't jump on Facebook, nor should she be. But you know, if if she's on a break or something, um, now that she's got my old iPhone, the first generation iPhone, it's liberating. It's like your email is always with you. Your Twitter feed is always with you. <laughs> Um, Facebook is the Facebook is a big thing for my wife, and I want to talk about Facebook here in, in a few minutes after our uh, uh, sponsor ad. Um, but when you always have that instant connection, it's just there. It really does change the game for you. I agree with you because I, I recently come back from um, uh, two weeks holiday where we were basically camping, and obviously with a iPod Touch, there was certainly no well, there was a Wi-Fi signal uh, locally, but they've got it secure. Yeah, that's always nice, isn't it? (laughs) Damn and blast. But but we actually went into um, a local uh, city which had an iPod store, uh, an Apple store and my wife and the two girls went off shopping for an hour and a half or, well, it was longer than that, and I spent most of the time in the Apple store saying, sorry, no, I don't want anything, I'm just using your bandwidth. (laughs) Had a ton of email to catch up on, right? (laughs) We're such a wired world now. Um, And I've I've talked about this in the past quite a bit, and I'm sure this is true for you as well, Gary, that it's really making the world a smaller place in that, I mean, just for instance, I mean, you guys, you and David are both in the UK and Guy and I are in the United States, and yet we're chatting live 
It's being recorded. Eventually, the show is going to go out on the internet, and literally, people across this entire planet will be listening to it. I mean, I see the stats, and I, I get the email, so I know where people are from. I mean, it's literally around this entire planet, New Zealand and um, the U.K., obviously, at least two in the U.K. that we know of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Russia, Finland, uh, Japan, some from China. I see the records. It, it's This technology has really made this planet a lot smaller, and we can communicate about just anything instantly. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. it just changes everything. But one of the things, actually, I found, having had the two weeks with pretty much little technology, or... Uh, I won't say little technology because the girls have both got nanos. Uh, I've got the iPod Touch. The wife, she doesn't care. Um, <laughs> um, but having just two weeks without connection to the Internet, it, it in itself is quite a liberating thing, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely have to unplug occasionally. There's no question. Yep. Um, in fact, in that situation, the, the iPod Touch and all that is nothing more than a, a fancy cassette deck. <laughs> really, yes. you know. But Absolutely. It, it, it's it's amazing though. I I probably get a little bit more email than than you guys do. Um, when I'm away from my email, even for a day, um, just we recently had a death in our family. Um, my uncle Robert, or I'm sorry, my uncle John passed away, and we had to go to Chicago. And uh, you know, we were gone literally all day long. And when I finally got home later that night. And checked my email, you know, I had something like 200 emails sitting in my inbox. And that wasn't spam, that was 200 emails. And it, it took like five minutes to download it all. And it's like, wow, what would happen if I'm away from my email for a week? I will never get caught up again. You know, and, I, and I'm on this kind of thing now that I like to get my, my inbox to zero, that everything's been yeah. read and replied to. It's hard to do, but I like to get to that point where I open my email and, look, there's nothing there. I love it. Um, but I don't know. Do you think it's a good thing that we're so tied to the Internet at this point? Um, I, from a personal perspective, I think sometimes we do need to get some perspective on our local surroundings. And, you know, we sat in the tent when it got dark and we were playing cards with each other and chat, chatting just generally about rubbish, you know, but chatting with each other. Um, and you, you, we kind of did a lot more than certainly we do if I'm on holiday and at home. Because if I'm on holiday and at home, my first point of interest is to see what emails I've got see what's happening in Twitter, have a look on the Apple page, etc., etc., etc. So I think from one perspective, it's good that we're all connected to each other and able to talk to each other. But from that perspective, I think people's expectations increase because they expect instant replies and instant returns. And I've seen messages from people saying, you've not responded to my email yet. And you kind of think, I only got it an hour ago. <laughs> so from that perspective, it's bad. Um, but from the perspective of being connected and talking to it like this, it's, you know, what a fabulous thing. What do you think, Guy? Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. There's, you know... <coughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, sorry. And everyone around the entire planet just got to hear Guy cough. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's not so good. <laughs> Carry on without me. <laughs> Uh, while he chokes for breath there, Guy, or David, uh, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think it is a double-edged sword. I, I mean, I, there are some days then when, uh, you know, particularly with the iPhone where I'm out and about, and I realise I've spent most of the day staring at the thing, reading email and keeping up with uh, with Twitter and that sort of thing. And it's a bit of a running joke in my family that, um, you know, that I'm, I'm always clued in with what's going on because I'm reading Twitter all the time. Um, so you've got, you've got to try and find a balance with it. But having said that, the fact that, you know, when, uh, for instance, when... <laughs> When Michael Jackson died... I knew you were going to bring that up. I don't know yeah. why, but I knew that that's how... It... But, but when Michael Jackson died, I was sat at home on my own. My wife is out having dinner with some friends, and she called me from the restaurant to say, I've just heard that Michael Jackson has died, and I turned on the news, and literally it had been announced about two, three minutes before. And that's how quickly, because of this technology and because of the fact that it's with you, you know, the, you're connected to this stuff all the time wherever you are, that if you're in a public place, you're going to hear about these things more quickly than if you sat in front of the TV watching the 24-hour news channel. Actually, that was, and, a, that uh, was a podcast night, too. Yeah, absolutely. I and found was, out that he died via Twitter because I kept seeing all these R.I.P. Michael Jackson. I was like, what the heck? I, you yeah. know, and so I, I literally got my news from Twitter, or at least I got the notification, and then you know I had to go out online and, and confirm it, and... By the time I confirmed it, it still wasn't on television. Yeah, I don't know. So interesting. Uh, so yeah, it is interesting, and and you know, the, it, it's definitely a richer life. I don't know whether it's a better life. There you go. That's I, I think that's very fair. So uh, let's take a break and talk about our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. You found something cool to talk about this week, David. I did. Yeah, this is actually um, is based on technology that I saw at MacWorld uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, it's really come to the fore now. Um, this is Mac, Mac, MacSales.com are selling a, a device that basically is a USB video adapter for any Mac. Um, you plug it into USB, and it, you can, and it gives you a DVI or a HDMI or a VGA output. Um, and you can, if you have a, a few of these, you can have up to four on a Mac. So you can have uh, any Mac, even a Mac Mini, running up to four separate monitors. Uh, and it's the, the way the technology works is very cool. It's a little tiny white box that has a, a video connection on one end and a USB connection on the other, and you just load some software up on your Mac. And what the, the driver does is it pipes the video stream out of USB to this device and then converts it into whatever the monitor needs to see. And particularly with the, the latest crop of, of MacBook Pros, which have the mini display port on, um, they don't have any other form of video output. And if you don't have a converter to get a mini display port, say, to DVI, then you've got no way of connecting that, that MacBook Pro to, uh, to an external monitor. This is a very neat solution. It works really, really well. It, there are, there are, you, you won't want to edit Final Cut Pro on a, on a monitor connected to this thing. But, you know, for general work, even for running video, it works really fo- it works fine. And, you know, it's, a, it's about $100. Uh, I think it's, what's it, $89 that... Um, Ninety-seven. You know, and and it's a it's if you you know if you really need to get multiple monitors on your Mac, this is a really neat, nice solution for doing it. Great pick, David. Uh, Thank you. Yep. Also, you know, remember, Otherworld Computing also has uh, uh, LCD displays and all the rest of that that can easily go along with this. And LCD displays are getting so cheap right now that there's 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 really no reason not to have multiple monitors on whatever type of Mac you're using. So we want to. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Facebook because something really uh, cool has been going on with me personally on Facebook the last couple of weeks, and I think that a lot of people listening to this that are Facebook users um, have probably seen the same thing. I, I think what's happening over the last 
probably three to six months is a significant number of new users are joining Facebook. Now, I've been on Facebook for, I don't know, maybe two years now, and I used it sparingly for a while, but over the last, like I said, three to six months, I'm finding or being found by an incredible number of people. Uh, when I was in junior high, ninth grade specifically, <clears throat> uh, I had dated a foreign exchange student from Italy. And, of course, when the school year ended, I knew I would never see her again. And that was fine. Uh, over the years, I, I haven't really thought about her much, you know, with other girlfriends and being married. So you don't think about old girlfriends very often. Um, but one of my projects on Facebook that I had done is I actually scanned in some old yearbooks from my junior high days, and I posted them online. Mostly to get chuckles out of some of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook that were also in these yearbooks. And uh, I got a lot of feedback from people saying, hey, thanks, you know, I, I looked at this with me and the kids and the wife, and we got a big chuckle out of it. And I thought it was cool, and it took maybe 10 minutes to scan a yearbook in anyway, so no big deal. But I came across her picture in the yearbook, and on a lark, I just did a quick search for her. And honestly, I, I hadn't remembered her name. Um, I, I, knew what it, I knew what it was, I just had no idea how to spell it. But uh, because I had just scanned the yearbook, there's her name right there. So I just did a quick search, found her on Facebook, and now we're friends. And so here's someone that I haven't spoken to or even really thought about in, what, 24 years? Yeah, 21, 22 years. Yeah, and, and now I'm friends with her on Facebook. Uh, same, exactly the same thing happened. Uh, I had dated another girl that went to another high school in the area, but this was in junior high, or maybe it was high school. I forget now. And I completely, I didn't uh, even, I, I had a, a picture of her that I had posted online, but it was, you know, a collection of these old photos that I had posted on Facebook and didn't think twice about it. And then I get a, a friend invite from her and it was another person that I hadn't spoke to in like 25 years. So Facebook is really becoming this incredible tool that's allowing people to reconnect. Uh, have you guys really got into, I know guy you're into Facebook quite a bit. I see your posts oh. and stuff. With the uh, actually the the high school reunion I just went to, there was a, a good good number of the people that used to go to Northeast High that are now on Facebook, and uh, quite there was quite a bit of information that was going back and forth before the reunion. I got together with an old girlfriend and this guy that was like a big party buddy of mine, and, and a few other people uh, for dinner on a Thursday night before the reunion. And because you know I live up here in D.C. and and they were all down in Florida. And you know, not obviously not living together, it was difficult to coordinate to to coordinate it. But Facebook made it made it relatively simple. It's amazing, and, isn't it? And now it with the with the Facebook app for the iPhone, in fact, by the time everyone's listening to this, the the new version should be out. It's but version God, three, isn't it? I forget. But the, the as we record this, it's still the old version of the podcast of the uh, Facebook client on the iPhone. Kind of sucks. It's kind of slow. It's all right, but it's but not great. The, the new one looks like it's going to be fantastic. Um, I don't know. I'm really impressed with Facebook. Now, David, I know you had some privacy concerns with Facebook, and you kind of—I mean, you're still there, but you kind of dropped off the face of the the earth there. I, I don't. I don't. I don't log into it very often, and and the, yeah, I had. I was a bit concerned about about privacy, but that's not actually the real reason that I don't use it very much. The real reason I I don't use it is that it. I find it just kind of confusing you you log on to it and there's all this stuff and when i first lined up for it you know before i knew it um people who who were friend who were friends with me were kind of 
you know, all of a sudden I was saying they were throwing snowballs at me and yeah. they needed you to answer this and answer that, and it became too needy. You know it what I like, found you know, about that? Um, those are all apps that they're running on Facebook. Yeah. There's an option now that if you click their name, their post, you can either hide them from your feed, which I don't usually do, but I will hide that app. So the next yeah. time they play it and they get a good score and it gets posted up there, I don't It'll see come it. Come to you, right? Yeah, and and if you stay on top of that, it's so much easier, so much more useful. I hate that aspect of it as well. I was getting pelted with snowballs and hugs and and just, drinks, or and... or you're tagged in this note and ugh, you know. I, I but yeah. I finally I learned how to turn all that stuff off and it made it much more useful. Gaz, do you use Facebook at all? Um, I'm a little bit like you, now. though. <laughs> no, well, I, I actually, I actually am on Facebook, uh, and I was on for quite some time. A little bit like yourself, Tim, although not quite to the length of time. A bit, I was on it for about, I suppose, nine months to a year. But it's only recently that I've started getting into it and started using it. And I agree with David. I, I do find it. I don't want to say clunky, but it's a little bit clunky. You go in and there's, you know, you it's kind of look at all these different things. Yeah. And it's, you know, where do I go for this? How, you know, what's that for? And I, I'm, the more I use it, the more I understand um, the uses of it. Um, however, I'm not a big Facebook fan. And one of the things you've been talking about with, obviously, the um, finding people and people finding you certainly comes up with those pictures and putting pictures online and one of the things, although this is slightly different, one of the things that I try not to do I've got a Flickr stream like a lot of people um, and obviously I'll put some pictures into Facebook but I tend not to put pictures of people in there um, and that's I suppose from the fact that once it's out there it's out, it's out there. there for good yeah um, and th th I do have a slight concern. I mean, on my Flickr page, you'll see very few, if any, pictures of the family on, on my Flickr stream. I try to keep it, you know, down to um, just landscape. You know, the dog goes on there, but he doesn't mind. Yes, he doesn't mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I tend to try to keep, you know, um, pictures of, of, of family off. And I've kind of got the same feeling with Facebook. Um, but I, And I keep getting pictures, you know, things come up saying, so-and-so, one of my friends has been tagged in this photo, and so-and-so yeah. has been tagged in this photo. And I'm still not sure how I feel about that. But you go look at the picture every time, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had... His, it's kind of weird for me with Facebook because I will get, uh, obviously, current friends and family. Uh, finding me and, and befriending me. And then I'll get people who I knew way back in the day. And that's cool. But then I'll also get people who uh, know me through my Mac and this podcast, and, and they friend me there. So it's just, to me, it, it, it kind of all blends together in this big noise. Um, it, it's people who are like fans of the show. It's people who I work with professionally. Um, it's people like David and Guy. And then it's, you know, my wife. And sometimes it's kind of hard to keep track of, you know, who's who and what's going on and why am I getting this update and who is this person that wants to friend me? I don't know who that is, but then I think, Well, it's oh, funny it's you should say about people from work because I, I found my boss on there and mm -hmm. I thought, oh, ah, no, I'm not going to friend them. No, yeah. <laughs> I suddenly thought, ah, well, ooh, yeah. that means I've got to be a little bit cautious yeah, about right. what yep. I put in there. Exactly. There's a, there's a few people, from, few people who are, uh, I know from work who follow me on Twitter and uh, yeah, all of a sudden you start you start thinking, oh my, I'm not quite as free to say yeah. what I would say. As, got to as, censor 
of yourself a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's now, and that's just part of the world we live in. Yeah. And now, I don't think that's going to change. I think that's going to have to be a topic for a future show, really getting into how, you know, we have this freedom to post anything we want all over the place, but how much do we really want to put out there? Because it really can come back and bite you. If you, you one little Twitter post and uh, a and potential future employee sees that and they don't give you the job because you said something that goes against what they believe uh, right. religiously or politically or morally. I think you can come across quite a few instances, can't you, where people have said, um, I, I saw one the other day where some girl had said something about a job and uh, the boss said, well, actually, yeah, and <laughs> she she was a temp at this place and uh, basically wasn't coming back in the following week. How true it was, I don't know. But, no, you know, no, it was I, I heard about that one, yeah. She, she, I, she, she I heard about she, it too. Yeah, she she said she said the job wasn't very good and so yeah, the yeah. boss said, well, yeah. in that case, you don't need to work here anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So with that, we need to wrap up this week's show. Uh, Gary, I want to thank you for coming on, being part of our listener invite. It's really cool to have you on, man. Welcome. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. We'd like to, to re-invite you again. Let me look at the schedule. I'll send you an email and uh, get you back on the show. It'll probably be in 2010 because, quite <laughs> honestly, the listener invite has been extremely popular. I didn't know what kind of response we were going to get when we uh, came up with the idea, but it's been nothing but positive. It's been a lot of fun for uh, me and I'm sure David and Guy as well. Certainly. And Definitely. It gives us the opportunity to, to meet on a personal level the people who listen to the show, and uh, hopefully it gives the people who are listening to the show like you um, the understanding that we're just like you. I mean, Well, I, I have to say, as a listener, I've enjoyed the listener episodes thoroughly. Oh, good. That's exactly. I love to hear that because, you know, I had somebody send me a, an email wanting to be on, and that person was already on actually, and they said I, I'm a big fan of yours, and I said I, I don't I don't know how comfortable I am about someone being a fan of mine. I, I'm just like them. Don't be a fan of mine. Be my friend, and, yeah. and you know that. But I don't know the whole fan thing. It, this doesn't seem like the kind of venue that we would have fans with it, it just i don't know it's just kind of weird for me <laughs> i guess i should get used to it i've been doing it for five years but with that we need to wrap up the show i'm sure the wife and kids are going to walk through the door any minute and make a whole bunch of racket and i uh, don't want to end the podcast on a, a loud note so again thanks for coming on gary we appreciate it david and guy as always uh love having you guys here with me i, I couldn't do the show without either one of you and uh well, I could. It would just suck really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back in a week. And uh, make sure you you uh, leave us feedback on uh, on uh, yeah, iTunes. iTunes, on, yeah, on the iTunes, on the iTunes. Go up to iTunes and give us a quick review. We'd appreciate it. And if you want to send us email, or if you want to be on a listener invite show, feedback at mymac dot com, and we'll schedule you in. Thanks, guys. And thank you for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.